You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday. Hope you're staying safe and healthy during this time. And we got another podcast for you where we're going to dive into another game from this season. I want to specifically take a look at the February 25th game against the Los Angeles Lakers um, on the road, the Pelicans playing, and kept this one close. What did we learn from that game? We've got a couple of updates. Updates from different interviews from Alvin Gentry, Dennis Lausha, and others uh, on the official Pelicans podcast that we'll talk about right here. And then I'm going to give you all a programming note for the show, still three days a week, but we've got a lot of really fun stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks and great ways for you to be involved as well. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So actually, let's start with the programming note on what's going to be coming along from the show here. And as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got a lot of hosts to bounce different ideas off of. And we're going to have some kind of consistent programming uh, across the entirety of the NBA shows, which is one of every every podcast, an ev- bleh, sorry, a podcast for every single team out there alongside the Locked On NBA show, Locked On Fantasy Basketball show. We also have a show called Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen as well. And now we've got Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, which is also really, really cool. And I'm going to play a lot of that stuff for you too, because basically we have one of the best draft experts out there, part of the network now too. But some things coming up to kind of give you an idea, and this will run through hopefully the end of May. So basically the next two months or so is over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at the best seasons in Pelicans slash Hornets history. Not, you know, the entirety of the week, but we're probably going to spend a segment or two in each of the three shows that I'm doing kind of diving into some of that. So if you've got an idea of what you think is the best season the Pelicans slash Hornets have had, let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake. You can also email me. It's locked on pals at gmail.com. And of course there is the call in line five zero. 4-3-2-1-0-4-4-8. Uh, and let me know what you're thinking when it comes to that. But we're still going to have other interviews, other topics that I want to cover and address as well. After that, we're moving on to kind of greatest moments of this season. We've talked about some, but we can dive into those a little bit more like specific moments, whether it's in a game, a specific dunk, perhaps four three pointers in a row, those kind of things. The week after that, we are looking at franchise uh, what ifs, and these are always kind of fun. You know, you can do it on the NFL side really easily. What if Miami signs Drew Brees and does then Nick Saban stay there and, you know, not go to Alabama? And does that make LSU a power like Alabama uh, has been? And it's kind of those things, but we'll do it here with the Pelicans slash Hornets. And then the week after that, we're going to kind of just time travel back and look at certain years here, which I think are going to be really fun too. And then, of course, finally going to wrap up with kind of your favorite moments of the year. We've done some of that stuff, but that's where I really want to get people calling in, leaving a voicemail because I can play those on the podcast. So that's kind of the plan 
on what's coming soon as well. Also, I have a couple of interviews I'm working on lining up too. Just got to be able to get to those um, and play those for you like we had with ESPN's Andrew Lopez recently. That was a lot of fun. I want to do more things like that. And we'll also be a little lighthearted at times too. And just talk about various different things on here that maybe don't relate to basketball because that is totally okay. While we're obsessed with it and certainly missing it, sometimes it's always nice to kind of take a break and talk about other things. So that's the program coming for the next couple of weeks just so you have an idea of what's going on Um, and then coming up in the next segment let's go back to February to look at that Laker game and what we can learn from that before kind of just getting news and notes around the league and the Pelicans after that so coming up here in just a moment let's kind of re-recap that game but before we get to that, today's show brought to you by my bookie. Sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball bench and pitchers off the mound, but our friends at my bookie aren't going to let it get you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with my bookie. Video poker, not your thing, but you still need a fix. They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at tables live on site 24-7. Your favorite squad is sidelined because of the pandemic. Don't sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to increase your bankroll by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, up, uh, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. And you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code LOCKEDON and, uh, LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. MyBookie, you spin, you win, you get paid. All right, so the Pelicans versus the Lakers back on February 25th. This was an interesting game and a game we were all really excited for and to look at this team because we felt that they had a chance to potentially win this game, beat kind of the hated Lakers that would look like a very good victory for New Orleans. And this came after they had beaten Golden State. They had beaten Portland. So they were riding a two-game winning streak coming out of the All-Star break. And they had a chance to kind of stick it to the Lakers. A game that you could see the Lakers maybe not kind of getting all that up for. Didn't end up kind of being the case. They did lose this game to the tune of 118-109. But it was a very hard-fought win for the Lakers. They didn't kind of just cruising this one. They had a six-point lead at halftime. It was two points going into the fourth quarter. And then kind of early on in the fourth, New Orleans did manage to tie it and keep it close. You know, it's a nine-point victory for the Lakers, but when you watch this game, the margin of victory wasn't nearly as big as that. It's a much closer game. And New Orleans was in good position to win this one. They were led by Brandon Ingram, who had 34 points on 12 of 20 shooting, including three of nine from deep, five of eight from the line. He had four assists, seven rebounds, but also seven turnovers. Zion was awesome in this one, despite having kind of a lower key game for him. 29 points, and I said lower key. He was only eight of 18 for the field, below 50%, which is kind of rare for him. But he got to the line 19 times, hitting 13 of those, chipped in six boards and three assists as well. 
Those are the two guys who kind of really led New Orleans, and it was a good sign that both were able to coexist. I've said, and others have said, that you know those two guys working well together is as important as anything else going on with the team because they're the two cornerstones of the future, and seeing them both have big games... I think is a very, very good thing. If the Pelicans had gotten some more outside shooting in this one, which is something they're going to need around both of those guys, they could have won. They didn't end up winning, partially because they shot 8 of 27 from deep. That's under 30% and isn't going to get it done. And it's part of the reason why Zion didn't shoot nearly as well is because the paint was really crowded down below with Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee kind of swallowing up space. But it showed you that those guys could still score, Ingram and Zion, even when you don't have proper spacing around them all the time. That's a good sign. It just means you need to kind of retool the roster a little bit and realize that these two guys are your core and can figure out the other three around them. Lonzo Ball chipped in 10 points, 8 assists. Drew Holiday had an off-shooting night, one of many this season. As we've said, he's been a little bit inconsistent, and that's why the Pacers game that I talked about the other day was such a big deal that he kind of dominated and played well. Well, in this one, he was 5 of 19, just 11 points, um, but he did chip in with 9 assists, but he was 1 of 5 from deep. He tried to get it in the paint, just couldn't have it, and there was a lot of spacing issues with it in this game, which shows you why you might need to have at least two three-point threats, three-point shooters around Ingram and Zion and whoever the other guard is if they're not a consistent three-point threat themselves and Lonzo Ball wasn't quite there yet though he was starting to turn into that in this one he was two of six from deep in the game you had JJ Redick not even uh take a shot he got injured in this one didn't return you had Nicolo Melli chip in 11 points off the bench um and got kind of enough to keep it close but this game also showed you kind of the ceiling of the current roster they'll beat bad teams and mediocre teams and not really beat the good teams because they're still missing a player or two. Maybe it's a guy on the current roster growing into that person that they're missing or someone they need to add, but something is just not quite there to compete with the top level teams in the NBA. And the Lakers are one of them. LeBron James put up 40 in this one. You had Anthony Davis with 21 points, but on only 21 shots, he was 6 of 21. You saw Zion defend him unbelievably well, and this game was eye-opening for that. Zion hasn't been a great defender in his young career here, nor should he be, I should specify. He hasn't even played half of an NBA season. It's okay if you're not good on the defensive side of the ball yet. It takes guys two, three, four years to really grow into being a solid player on the defensive side of the ball. So Zion not being there yet, totally okay. But he did a very good job one-on-one against Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, who we all know very well, is a very good scorer. And you saw at one point he just became a passive part of the Lakers' offense. He wanted no part of going at Zion and Zion defending him. That's a big sign for what Zion will be able to do in the NBA. And even if he doesn't have it all together right now, the pieces are there, the tools are there for him to be a scary good defender at some point in his career. So it was a little bit eye-opening from that. But you saw that the Lakers role players just can do it a little bit more than some of the guys on the Pels. Danny Green, you know, multiple-time NBA champion, 17 points on the night. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 15 points on the night. When you get some bench production like that from some of the guys, you're probably not going to be able to beat 
uh, that Lakers team. So the, the Pels just aren't there yet. They're not as good and established as some of the guys out there on this Lakers roster. And that's why they weren't able to overcome it, particularly because you also have LeBron James, who is, you know, it's just straight up superhuman. And it's not a knock on this Pels team. They still have a lot of room to grow and their ceiling long term likely is higher than what this Lakers team would be. So I think that's something that's worth keeping in mind as well when it comes to them. So overall, they'll be okay. But I do think this was a game that was like, oh, they are not where they'd like to be or where we want them to be. But that's okay because they're still a very young team. Uh, And, you know, when you go big against them and kind of sucked out the life of the paint area it does make it difficult on them so you can see the need for shooters so this game showing kind of what their ceiling is which is okay and showing where they need to grow but also giving you a lot of hope for the future because zion and ingram were able to coexist it was a disappointing loss in the moment there's no denying that but now with a little bit of hindsight and kind of being removed from this game a little bit I think we felt a lot better about this one and kind of the way the season's gone that it could still turn into something really good. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday, Wednesday, Friday for you all covering things around the league, around the team, taking a look back and generally just trying to have some fun and still talk some basketball because it's been a very fun year and hopefully it won't end. And that's what we're going to get into in the next segment. But first, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans, leave a five-star review with a comment Uh, It really does help, especially during a time like this when podcasts all around, not just mine, are suffering everywhere. So even taking 30 seconds out of your day to support the show is a really, really big deal. So I appreciate that greatly if you can take the time to do so. And as I mentioned in the first segment, a lot of the great programming we have coming, I'm looking forward to doing some other interviews and just giving you different voices to hear as well. So a lot more to come on Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So kind of some news around the Pelicans in the NBA as a whole here. Um, you've had Dennis Lausha on the official Pelicans podcast. Alvin Gentry was on there recently, too, with Daniel Salerson. Daniel, who's been killing it with these interviews, by the way. And then you saw him appear on Pelicans Playback, the kind of virtual show they're doing right now, airing before some of the replay games that Fox Sports Southwest is doing. Um, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Basically, you're hearing a lot of people say the same thing. Alvin Gentry was on there saying, you know, Adam Silver's working hard to make sure that they still have a season, that they want to have a season, that they want to, you know, play the playoffs and all of that. The timing still remains to be seen. It's going to be a little bit interesting to see what happens, particularly because you have a lot of players right now saying you're going to need a two to three week kind of training camp period for guys to get back in shape, to kind of get that cohesion back if you want to play quality NBA basketball. And depending on how far back the league wants to push things, that can be a big deal for the Pelicans because it might mean they need to shorten the regular season. And that, of course, would hurt New Orleans. Any loss of regular season games gives them, you know, less time to kind of make up the ground that they are in the playoff race. So it could hurt New Orleans with this. Even as the league kind of looks to do that Vegas model that I've talked a little bit about of keeping people kind of in maybe one of the resorts, casinos, hotels in Vegas and play out the remaining games. At a certain point, it just does become a bit of a timing issue because you need to think about next season. And even if it starts in December, if this goes on until, you know, August, September, which could You still kind of need run out of time and need to get this done by a certain point so that you can, um, 
keep continually going on with everything in next year and try and make up what you've lost from this season. So it looks like New Orleans really could get kind of screwed on this, but rest assured, it sounds like the NBA isn't planning on canceling outright the remainder of the regular season. And then Dennis Lausch's interview was interesting and you should go and listen to it because it kind of talks about what the future of the NBA might look like. And does this sort of situation spur any changes to just things in general the way they do business the way arenas operate all of that i think people are kind of looking to you know use a cliche make uh lemonade out of lemons because okay is this going to kind of spur changes that we've wanted to do that we've been too scared to do or too complacent to do in years past and it seems like it really might so that interview is worth listening to as well and you know they're maybe using this as an opportunity for some sort of innovation but the big takeaway yeah they still want to play games we still want to see games which is also a very big thing all right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Back next week, looking at some of the best seasons in Pelicans slash Hornets history. Going to hopefully get an interview or two as well for you all when it comes to that. We will eventually start looking towards the draft. We're just not quite there yet, um, but that is also coming soon. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday. 